This is Everyday Driver, where we know cars are expensive and necessary and have to do a world of things. But we also believe they should be fun. Whatever you need and can't afford, we're here to help you find the right car. We're your car friends, your car therapists, and sometimes the bad influence you need. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. Welcome back, everybody. First, you can tell instantly we are not in the studio. We are in another hotel room because we're in L.A. shooting, and there's a story coming up about that. We also thought we should tell the story of the C8 because you've heard, surprise, if you haven't heard, <laughs> you know now that the show has bought a C8. It's going to be Paul's primary road trip car for this year's road trips, which is very exciting. I love how the photos next to your Elise make the, the Corvette look huge. It is, yes. And it's it's a big, wide car. Yeah, yeah. It is. Mm -hmm. But it makes your car look tiny. It's oh, so it's unbelievable. tiny. It's like a skateboard in comparison. When we yes. had them out there side by side for that shoot, we just kept saying that to each other. We were like, you've got to be kidding. Mm -hmm. The yeah, scale agreed. difference is staggering, which is really hysterical. So yep. we're going to talk about that C8 because there's been a lot of good questions. There's been a lot of discussion on Discord and elsewhere. So we want to clarify some things about the car. Of course, talk about it in general. But we were in L.A., for a multi-car shoot, we're very excited. We've been traveling to LA a lot because, of course, all the Utah roads are still buried in snow. LA roads, many of them are flooded and closed, so we're having to like rely on roads we haven't been on in forever that are still really fun. But we're doing a really cool multi-car shoot right now, and we realized, and I can't tell you all of it, but for this multi-car shoot, one of the cars we needed that was perfect was a Camaro SS. We would look to Turo to get one of these cars, mm -hmm. and they're just not available in the fleets. And as you may have heard, they're discontinuing the Camaro, yep. which means it's not in the fleet because that's not a car that car manufacturers want to sell. If it's not at the dealerships, this is the newest, latest thing. It doesn't matter if it's a sports car, if it's a mm -hmm. minivan or an SUV, if it's not what they want to sell yeah. that's generally not available in the fleet. So yeah. we, we do turn to Turo. We've turned to rental totally. cars, we've totally. turned to private yep. owners. As you guys know, the best way to find a car is who do you, who do you know? But mm -hmm. you know, many times we pull press cars. So we turned to Turo in this case. Yeah, and we, wa we wanted a Camaro SS from the fleet, but it wasn't possible, so we went to Turo. So we found a Camaro SS, and, and I, I can't overstate this, in the perfect spec. Right year, manual transmission, Magna Ride, what is it? The 1LE pack, right? 1LE so pack. So 1LE, Magna Ride, on, manual on the transmission. Which is amazing to find that on Turo at all because most people are only running automatics. We're like, it's a perfect car. Rented that more than a month ago. Last week, okay, like three or four days before we were leaving for the shoot, the owner sends me pictures of the now wrecked Camaro. Unbelievable. He's like, it still drives fine, but the entire side has been <laughs> yeah, gouged. But it's, it's caved in. The, the from, driver's side yes. is caved in. From underneath the driver's side drives side mirror fine. To, the, to the top of the fender, the back fender was just <laughs> caved in all the way along. And when like, parked, he said, I totally understand if you want to cancel. Fine. I was like, yes, I'm reaching for the cancel button now. So then we were scrambling, found another one. This one seemed almost as perfect, actually, better color, but still. SS, Magnaride 1LE, but unfortunately automatic, but at this point we're scrambling. Hey, we'll take an automatic. Totally. I'd rather have the car in yes. the wrong transmission. Yes. And the thing that many people still haven't realized is press fleets have maybe one model of a particular car yeah. and it's specced how it is. There's not choices. There's not two or three of this you know, right. 1LE, yeah, yeah, yeah. 2SS, yeah, yeah. you know, or all of the transmission options. Plus it might be booked and so when mm -hmm. we need it, hey, 
I would rather have somewhat close to the right car to understand driving dynamics yep. rather than no car at all. So that's where we were. It was an automatic. <laughs> so we're and trading. And one year uh, new, uh, older, actually. Yeah, but but still, we're going to work great. It's fine. So we, we're doing the Turo trade messages thing, right? And Paul's, Paul's handling that because he'd, he'd booked the car. And we're going back and forth because this owner had had kind of difficulties in his life in the last week or so and couldn't yeah. get the car to LAX. He was like, you need to come to me. So we're like, all right, bummer. Fine. We'll drive across LA. It wasn't too bad. We'll drive across LA. We'll get to his house. We'll get it from there. We get there. The car's pristine and washed and clean and great. And we walk up and I see Paul. I'm still in one of the other cars. <laughs> uh -oh. I see Paul kind of walks one side of the car. I see him say something. Walks the other side of the car. I see him say something else. He's checking something. I'm like, what's going on? So I get out and I walk over and Paul says, yeah, man, these tires aren't good. Look, the owner was going through a lot of stress in his life yes. due, to, due to a death in the family. He had been out of town. So I, I understand there's yeah. extenuating circumstances totally. Absolutely. in these things. Yeah. However, he mentioned the front right wheel was damaged. It had been curb rashed. Uh -huh. And I went to take a look at it and discovered I thought he had put slicks on the car. Mm -hmm. And my first reaction was like, okay, high performance car. Wow, kind of bold to put slicks yeah, on yeah. Oh, those are the original tires that are worn down to nothing. You, nothing, no tread. The grooves in the tires yes. were gone. Gone. It looked like the. And what was weird is the further interior you looked, the more likely you were to see grooves. So like the grooves were kind of hinted at on the inside of the tire, yeah. but gone on the outsides, which means that alignment is really weird to begin with. But to Paul's point, the outer half of each of these tires, you would swear they were slicks. There was no remnant of tread at all on all four. Yikes. The inside shoulder of the right rear was down to cords. Yes. Cords. I wouldn't drive these on track. I wouldn't drive them anywhere. The, oh, forget the track. Only, I wouldn't go to get groceries. Yeah. The only thing, the only distance this car should be driven is to the tire shop to get new tires. Mm -hmm. But I do get those are pushing $500 a tire for a 20-inch rim with the size, the, the width yeah, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. those tires are. So I, I get it. It's going to be two grand with taxes and everything with mount to and everything, get new yeah, tires. Sure. However, that car should not be offered on Turo if it's high-performance cars. So here's the deal. We have encountered this before from a privately owned car. Mm -hmm, it wasn't mm -hmm. on Turo, but we encountered a GTR, a Nissan GTR that we drove way back when. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the owner had not paid attention to the tires mm -hmm. because tires are expensive and it's easy to say, ah, I can get by, just keep driving them. Mm -hmm. Don't want to deal with it because it's a massive expense. But that is the first thing Todd and I always look totally. at, whether it's a car we're buying, whether it's a car we're going to drive, our own cars. We look mm -hmm. outside, mm -hmm. we look at the weather report on our phone, we think what tires are on the car I want to drive. Those aren't the right tires. I'm going to either have to drive differently and be very careful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm if I need to drive that car, or don't take that car yep. and drive something else. And here's the perfect case. Like, I'm not throwing this owner under the bus. There were extenuating circumstances, totally. but the tires should be paid attention to. And, and that car should not should be rented. have been changed. Yeah. And he was very aware. He, he had been told that by the, the service center when he got the car serviced at the dealership. Yeah, he had it serviced prior to us picking it up. And they were like, um, tires? He said, I, they told me. And... I looked at them, and you guys have heard us talk about tires yeah. so much. That is the thing that we always look yeah. at. Yeah, yeah. yeah, look for damage, look for curb rash, you know, under the front, spoiler rash, whatever. But look at those tires all the time. And so I looked at the date code, and I thought, these are the original tires. Yeah, yeah. Because this was a 2022 Camaro uh -huh. with tires made 
in August of 2021. They had to be yeah, the original yeah, tires sure, and went, no, sure. I can't. We can't yeah. drive this. We, I won't we push canceled it, it on no. the spot because no. we were like, there is no point in taking this on the shoot. However, so that's the second Camaro. The second Camaro in under a week. <laughs> However, now we have a real problem because the shoot, the, this, and, and it'll make more sense when you actually see the piece and we're excited to share it with you. We need to shoot it, it'd be good. The piece made a lot more sense with the Camaro SS present. Mm-hmm. So with the yeah. Camaro gone, it was like, we have a shoot, but we don't have a right shoot. I mean, there's the story there because the Camaro's going away and mm-hmm. because yeah, yeah, for sure. there's, there's through lines, so yeah. Well, but it's a story that's good for the podcast, but not good for the video. Well, yeah. So we found the nearest Starbucks so we could just sit down for a bit, and we're combing Turo the day of, you know, <laughs> 10 minutes from LAX, Yeah. yeah. and finally found the third choice Camaro, if you will. We'll let you know if this one works out. You'll see the shoot or not. <laughs> but, so. we, but we found the, th- found the third choice Camaro that was close. Not quite right, but close. Yeah. And close enough. So it's, it's an SS with one LE. We don't think it has Magna Ride. It's still automatic. So, okay. So now I reach out to this owner and I'm kind of like, can I rent this like now? Like when I can get to your house. Exactly. And he, he couldn't do that. So we go back and forth trying to figure out where he is in L.A., where we're going to be in L.A., which, by the way, are not close to each other, and how we can kind of meet in the middle. So as of right now, I spent the better part of two hours going back and forth doing messages on the Turo app trying Mm. to land this car. As of right now, we think we still have a three-car shoot with a Camaro SS present. Tune in next time where we tell you (laughs) if there's some other new Camaro thing and we're really not supposed to have Camaro in the shoot. But this is how Turo goes wrong because Turo has been very good to us. We've used it many times. And it is a great catch-all, especially in a place like Los Angeles, to find something unexpected you can get into. There's many things, many high-end things. Totally. You can pay money and have a, have a nice car. But you are at the mercy yeah. of when you show up, what is the car really? It's kind of like a blind date or even like a, like a dating app. You're like, I think they look like this. And then you get there and you discover what's really going on. So in this case, it was a surprise for the second time. And there will be Camaros later. Here's our running joke, and that is, it is not a shoot until the video is posted on YouTube. Yes. It, we don't have That's a shoot. true. Just because I have the cars booked and planned, mm-hmm. we've had press cars fall out mm-hmm. because the prior driver, the prior loan, it, they either wrecked it or something went mm-hmm. wrong with the car. And so that's pulled. Well, our shoot is screwed. We've yep. got to change our plane tickets and hotels totally. and that kind of thing. So even if we have the footage in the can <laughs> and it's recorded and done, yeah. we've had footage stolen. Yeah, there's so no guarantee. until it's published right. and out and seen by you guys, <laughs> it doesn't exist. That's funny, that's funny. No shoot till you've seen it. Anyway, uh, that's very good. So anyway, that was our adventure today on Turo. Uh, we thought we'd share that with you guys. You might enjoy it. And now we need to talk about the C8. We want to remind you that one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle is better brakes. An upgraded brake system can transform a vehicle's performance and give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. Track, trail, or traffic, every vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. No matter what your vehicle is or your driving style, PowerStop has a complete brake upgrade kit for you. Head to PowerStop.com. Fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder, and you'll be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, truly noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. We have both experienced firsthand the upgrade quality on our own vehicles. I've got the Z36 truck and tow pads and rotors on my Ford Expedition, and it brakes more powerfully than it ever has. Join the thousands of drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today. Power Stop. Brake upgrades made easy.
I'm going to start with Paul's comment on Facebook where he said he was very glad to see, Paul Kavanaugh said to Paul, very glad to see that Paul did not buy another Porsche. He did not. <laughs> the new show car is a 2021 Corvette Stingray C8 blue tan interior Z51 Magna Ride. It was everything we wanted except... It's not the cleanest story ever, but we want to break down what we call the carchaeology of it, like really scouring the car facts before we bought it and really thinking about what had happened to this car and understanding who all the owners were. Because, by the way, also, uh, there's been some um, comprehension issues on the YouTube video. I've seen a few comments on the YouTube video that start with four owners, four prior owners. No, 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 no. It's not what we said. That was never said. Right, right. Paul, you are the fourth owner. And what's interesting is three owners, and I want to walk through the story as we know it, but the third owner, strangely, was a Chevy dealership. Mm -hmm. And they bought it and put a couple thousand miles on it. Somebody at the dealership clearly drove it. Then they offered it for sale as certified pre-owned. So they did checks on it. So they offered it certified pre-owned, and when it didn't sell in a period of time, then they sold it at auction, and that's how it wound up in Utah. So even though there were three owners prior, they are three very different owners. Todd has this knack for what we car call carchaeology. He's got this great nose for, for sleuthing things out. And so I, I think you're right on. I mean, even if we're off here and there, mm -hmm. you've, you've got the gist. And this is what we've extrapolated from the Carfax. We've been down the road of talking about what should the next show car be after mm -hmm. the GR86 mm -hmm. went away. And we, I had always talked about Corvettes, as yeah, I said sure. in the video. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We talked about Corvettes, and, mm -hmm. and here we are doing the same thing. Money where our mouth is. Yep. No, it's not a manual transmission. Yes, it's still an enthusiast car. Of course I'm it a is. PDK owner for my yeah, Porsche, yeah. for my yeah, Cayman, yeah. and it's absolutely an enthusiast automobile. If you haven't driven a PDK or any dual clutch, mm -hmm. they're really spectacular. And no, it doesn't diminish the fun. It just changes it. It changes how you drive. So we were looking for a C8. We knew we wanted the C8, and we had to take into consideration timing because mm -hmm. we need to get the car going. We need to create the content and start planning our road trips and present the car to the sponsorships, you know, the sponsors we've agreed with. That's the, that's the key thing you guys have to understand. I mean, there was actually a question Lance actually asked. He said, why not order one and, and wait? But the problem is, I mean, sure. We, if, yeah. if, if time was no problem, but the issue is we have sponsors that we promised them we were going to have a C8 in our road trips this year. Mm -hmm. And we promised these sponsors and, and very generous sponsors that want to back this content that we would have a C8 before summer Mm -hmm. and we would be able to promote it. And, and the next six weeks, we are traveling almost constantly, that we would be able to promote it. We would put it in these road trips. Yeah. So we had a very limited time frame on which to even buy the car. We needed to buy it, well, after winter melted in Utah, and that just happened. So you can see how things are all comp compressing to the same point. So we yeah. needed to get on it. So it really had to be a used buy that we could go get immediately. And then, of course, there's cost and time and shipping and where's it coming from and all of those things. Absolutely. What if we found the perfect car, but it's all the way on the East Coast or way far away from us? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'd have to spend either time to go get the car and yeah. drive it back. Yeah. That's still a cost. Or ship it, yep. which is even more expensive. And getting the car here and not being able to see it in person. Of course, we recommend buying a car. If you're shopping, shop nationwide. Mm -hmm. However, it does help to have a friend or somebody look at the car. And so yeah, when I yeah. did, we found this an hour away. 
at a dealership. And Amazing. Yeah. We looked at the Carfax and found the three prior owners and went, hmm, for a 2021, hmm, there's, there's a story to this car. There's a few, yeah. And so when I showed up the dealership, I went shopping and they graciously allowed me to take it away for the test drive, just me. Mm -hmm. And it drove like a C8, like we know a C8 drives. Mm -hmm. Yep, for sure. And so there wasn't any holdback. Plus, keep in mind, there's still 17 months of basic factory powertrain warranty left on this car. That is a huge factor in going ahead with a purchase, mm -hmm. even though it's got a ding. I don't love the, yeah. the you've seen the video, I don't love the, the poorly repaired bodywork. On the other hand, nothing mechanical was really touched. True. You guys have heard me talk about my buddy, Michael, who's total Pontiac, Chevy, GM yeah, yeah, yeah. engine guy. He yeah. knows, yeah. you've seen the Toyota engine savants or the Nissan engine savants. He is that way with Pontiac and Chevy and GM engines. Sure, yeah, yeah. So I started telling him about it and he's like, sounds like a perfect buy. Body work is body work and get it fixed. Mm -hmm. If you need to redo it properly, fine. And he said, 11,000 miles on, the, on that engine? He said, to me, that's brand new. Of course it is. Yeah. So it made me feel really good from, from a, you know, a Chevy yeah, yeah. guy yeah, yeah, coming yeah. from him. It just, it, he, he bleeds it for sure. Yeah, yeah, it just made me feel good. Like He was like, well bought. I mean, perfect, yes. Yeah. But think about it. Somebody is going to buy this car. Sure. It's either us or somebody would have had this car. We might as well buy it and start driving it for what it's designed to do. Well, and the fact, there, there, was, there was savings, I know this sounds weird, there was savings in knowing that it was close enough we could drive an hour and get it. Yeah. Because we knew we were looking at probably a couple thousand dollars worth of extra expense for anything that wasn't easily drivable. This was an hour away. Time is money. But we could get content going totally. immediately. And we did. We got content yeah. going in under a week from when we actually signed the paperwork to when you saw a video was less than a week's time. Yeah. So there's that as well. But, but here's, the, here's the crazy story of these three prior owners. <laughs> and I need first understand this reality. There's a couple other things going on in the market. First off, oh gosh, the, so many markets are inflated and the C8 is one of them. Yes. And the inexplicable yes. thing is the minute they leave dealers, and by the way, not all dealers are selling them from MSRP yet. Some are, because the car's been around long enough that there are dealers you are selling MSRP if you can find them. Some are still marking them up the minute they come in. And many of them that are showing up Actually, that's not fair. Most of them that are showing up are already pre-spoken for. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nobody's got C8s on the lot waiting on a buyer to show up yet. New ones. New okay? ones, right. So we would be in a wait list. We'd be doing that kind of stuff, which, yes, you could get the perfect car, hopefully close to MSRP, but we're not sure when. Or if we're dealing with an MSRP yeah. dealer, or is there some other trick they pull or something we've they claim to pull on it. We've got content to make here. We've got stuff we have to do. So yeah. we, were definitely, we were definitely limited on our time frame, which was a factor. But the other thing you have to keep in mind is that most L, uh, LT2s, or one, two LTs, sorry, the, the mid-grade of the of the LT2 options. engine, two LT, yeah. Yes. It's the the, the GM designations that yes. are frustrating. Anyway, most of the mid-grades are, I can't believe I'm saying this, selling for 85 to 90 grand. Okay? Yeah. This was listed for 85. We got it for 82.5, and the MSRP was $1,000 less than that. So yeah. we got it for... Close to MSRP, but not new. But here's what's crazy. Third owner. Keep in mind that the, and this is key to the story. The C8 has a automatic break-in period of the first 500 miles. The engine will not rev above about 4,500 RPM. It will not right. rev above that for the first 500 miles. That's so the if you magic mile. Broken past 500, yeah. and watch our original C8 versus C7 video. We actually got on camera the break-in changing and, and the RPM hopping up the it's gauge. It's a special event for it's any really Corvette owner, cool. any C8 owner. It's like you want to get to the 500 mile magic party. So that's when the car really opens up for you. The first owner bought it from Florida. 
bought it in like Indiana and had it shipped to Florida and it was first registered in Florida. That owner in 21, when this car was hugely in demand, they were having trouble building them, you couldn't get extra parts. Think about all of those realities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That owner sold the car at 433 miles before the engine break-in period. Which is they crazy. They sold the car. It's crazy. And you would think a car that far in demand <clears throat> would have gone to any Chevy dealer on the planet who would have turned it instantly and made a profit. Instantly. No, no. They sold it, I'm going to say dumped it, on AutoNation. AutoNation? Now, I have no problem with AutoNation, but a car that's in that much demand with that few miles, why did you sell it to AutoNation and not to your local Chevy dealer? Well, because you dinged it. You probably backed into something, they, didn't see a bollard or something. They dinged the back the... left corner, had it fixed, and sold it at AutoNation. So it didn't show up on the Carfax. It was fixed mm-hmm. on the fly, on the down yep. mode. Just, just get it ready for sale. Just get it back together. A, a brand new, seriously, a brand new C8, 433 miles. It is literally not even past the engine break-in. AutoNation had it on their lot long enough to get it past engine break-in because they sold it in the 700-mile range. <laughs> so it means they tasked somebody with driving the car or a manager just drove it around Or they just drove it around at home for whatever. Yeah. So, anyway, so, so it got fixed by this first owner and dumped on AutoNation. And somebody came along and was like, oh my gosh, a C8 available at AutoNation. And bought it and frankly couldn't afford it. Yeah. Because about seven or 8,000 miles later, they got repossessed. Now, I want to clarify. A repossession is not the same as a salvage title. Right. A repossession right. is not the car's fault. It's the payer's fault. They didn't pay, <laughs> and somebody that is the bank came along and said, I am taking your car now. There's nothing wrong with a car that's repossessed. Not at all. It could, now, here's the thing. You can see houses, cars, said Some people, when they get something repossessed, they trash it on the way out. That's not the case here. It was repossessed, probably in the dead of night. The car was gone, which means yeah. we only have one key, which makes me laugh. Yeah, the, so anyway, the two original yeah, keys are gone. They're gone. And the fitted luggage for $1,450, <laughs> the same, that Factory nice option. tan oh, biscuit yeah. interior. That's gone. The fitted luggage is gone. Yes. So this yeah. car got repossessed by somebody who couldn't make the payment, and it wound up at a local Florida Chevy dealer, who we already said, made it a company car for a couple thousand miles. Yeah. Certified it. Pr- certified pre-owned... And then when they couldn't sell it in a short period of time after that, they put it on the auction block and it wound up in Utah. So this car has a weird history, but I think the first owner was frankly just terrified of the fact that they dinged it and got rid of it. Which is inexplicable. If you, you dinged your brand new car, okay, go get it fixed properly. Yeah. And keep driving. Go enjoy your your mm-hmm. baby. This mm-hmm. was clearly ordered like this to be yes. somebody's baby. Yes, clearly. Yes. And they got freaked and they dumped it or something. Mm-hmm. And here we've got this excellent car. Just because it's been through all this stuff early yeah. in its yeah, life yeah. doesn't mean it's a bad car. It drives great. It drives, it drives great. like it drives a really seat. Well. Yeah, yeah. We know, know and love. Everything works just fine. It's cosmetically not perfect. But like I said on camera, yeah. I feel like that's going to mean, okay, the car's not perfect. It's not the precious, perfect thing that should be in garages <laughs> like most people who own exotic cars and high-end yeah, cars. True. Let's drive this thing. The repairs look fine. You, I, I have to point them out to you. And most people walking up at first won't notice them. Nobody's going to notice. Unless I mean, you know it's there, you're not going to notice. I, I scoured the car. Notice. I was buying the car. Yeah, I, yeah you were I, meticulous. I gave it the yeah. once-over. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at all the lines and yeah, the yeah. reflections didn't match. Like, okay, what's going on here? All right. Otherwise, the car is excellent. 
I'm so excited. And we have story to share because we enjoy that part. And there will be story going forward. And I'm, yeah. I'm incredibly excited about road trips with this and the Lotus. I love the juxtaposition. I like the similarities in concept and the utter juxtaposition and execution. I'm really, <laughs> exactly. really excited about that. Double the weight, double the cylinders. It's crazy how different Double they the are. amount of interior space by cubic inches. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's huge. madness. There's so much. So There's actual funny. storage in your C8, which I can't say anything about that in the Lotus because that's not a, not a reality. Joe has asked a great a question. He said, do we both fit? And the answer is yes. We had driven extensively driven two C8s before this one. There was the black one we first drove, one of the first ones in Utah, mm -hmm. and it had the base seats, yes. the GT1 seats. It was GT1, 2, and 3, and they get more aggressive. It had the GT1 seats. The next one we drove, we drove in, in uh, the Vegas area. We drove it uh, outside Vegas against a Cayman, and one of my struggles I had with that car is I kept hitting my head. And I didn't realize until we got our car that the difference is the one that I drove in Vegas where I kept hitting my head had the GT2 seats. I had and forgotten I fit that. differently in it, yeah. and I kept hitting my head in it, and I couldn't understand why, because I didn't remember that being a problem, but it's because of the seat difference. We have the GT1 seats again, and I fit. I'm very excited and about that. And the GT1 seats, by the way, are really, really They're good. They're good. It's not like you bought the crap seats. They're yeah, good seats, no, for sure. Excellent yeah, yeah. seats. Yeah, you've just got the long torso. I mean, yep. my, my head grazes, but it doesn't touch in anything. Yeah. But you've just got the extra long torso and I it's guess, just, extra vertebrae just, or something. Just the fitment. So we do fit and that's excellent. So we're very excited to have it. There's a lot of actually really good questions about it. I want to run through a few of those. There will, of course, be a lot more information as we go. I don't know if you saw this, Paul, but Stahlbakken90 said he has a new action verb for our road trips. He's created a hashtag. You almost have to see this spelled out, but I'm going to pronounce it anyway. The hashtag is <laughs> Elysiated. <laughs> <laughs> Elise for all of our road trips. It's the word Elise followed by C aided. The letter C aided. Elisiated. That is C aided. That is really, really funny. I, I had like to see it spelled that. out, but that's very good. Yes, we do have road trips coming up. At least two of them, maybe three. We'll see how much we can do. It's really going to depend on schedule. Schedule's about to get nuts for us, but we're not complaining. It's just exciting. Cha Spot on Instagram says, any more questions from the neighbors asking, what exactly do you do again? <laughs> Especially with a CA I, up front. I got a text from a guy who's friends with another guy in the neighborhood. So okay. he doesn't live in the neighborhood, okay. but yeah, he yeah. drives by my house to get up to this other, his mm -hmm. friend's mm -hmm. house. And he texted me. Oh, no. And he said, so what was that blue car in your driveway? And I went, oh, no. Oh, you, that is good. Which means everybody in the neighborhood has driven past of my course. house and they've all asked seen the new blue car and he said what was that i said it's a corvette man can you believe that i can't believe this is it's what we so do awesome. I'm, I'm just thrilled that we can i'm thrilled that we can share it with people and yeah. and do what we do it's amazing so guys i really do appreciate your enthusiasm on mm -hmm. youtube and all your comments mm -hmm. But Cha Spot says, uh, is the perfect garage now four cars instead of three? <laughs> oh my god. Well, yes it is. Oh my god. Is it okay to have cars that overlap duties, like having multiple sports cars or a growing Cayenne collection? You see how he, nah. he skewered both People of us keep there. coming back around. I get it. Yep. The 928 and the Cayman haven't gone anywhere, so they're still part of the garage. <laughs> oh I know. You have a Ford, a Chevy, and two Porsches. That is a mixed garage, my it's friend. It's a mixed garage. They all do kind of, well, kind of different things. Yeah, there's a lot of overlap in that C8 There's, and a, the, there's some overlap. Yeah. I mean, you could argue that ideal garages 
don't have much overlap, maybe at the very fringes, either at the mm -hmm. low end or the yeah, high yeah. end. At the very high end of performance, one car gives up and the next higher performance car takes over at that point. Sure, sure, sure. Like a yeah. GR86, mm -hmm. and then a Corvette or a Cayman yeah. GT4 RS would take over at the highest level sure, of the GR86 sure, yeah. performance. That's where the mid-engine <laughs> hot sports car, the Ferrari takes over and okay. takes it All from right. there sure. to a next level. <laughs> Ideally, sure, do we all get to plan our garages this way? Did you all fill your houses with furniture from the very beginning and say, I have $80,000 to spend and I don't have any furniture. I want to get it all matching. No, you inherited a piece from grandma <laughs> right. and you had this yeah. old piece from college and you tried to mix and match and we needed a new dining room table set and yeah. you know all this stuff. Same thing with cars. What, what if you had this car that you really love and you love that one too and they kind of do, do different things, but you feel different driving mm, both of mm. them? I say yes, that's mm. okay. I, I'm still just amazed by this. And so we it's just, crazy. like I said, we wanna share this time with you guys and uh, do the road trips. And I just, I, I appreciate all your enthusiasm and <laughs> it's very weird and very cool. Lucas5F is asking a question along these lines. He's giving us two different track daily crushes, one for each of us. Do you see this one? He says, for me, the track daily crush is the show's new C8 Corvette, the show's GR86, oh, man. or my Elise. Track oh. daily crush. Ooh. That's, that's brutal, man. That, that, ooh. Okay, all right. Truly, the daily has to be the vet. It's by far the best daily of those it, three. It's really, really good. So it would be a fantastic it. daily. It could do anything. Obviously, it's very fun and fast and those kind of things, but it's also surprisingly so usable. So now where are you going? But the problem is both the cars I'm left with are phenomenal cars on track. And you love your Elise. The 86 and the Elise. I would take either one of them on track. It would literally almost depend on the day. I think, oh, this hurts. I think I have to crush the 86. Do you really? I think so, because the, the Lotus is a little bit more special on track, even though the great thing about the GR86 on track is you never think about it. I know there are those of you out there going, RTV, you never think about it. No. It just feels like I'm in a Toyota and it's easy, and, and the dynamics of the GR86 are so forgiving. They're so forgiving. The back comes out and you're like, and? The Lotus at the edges is not forgiving, but I love that thing on track. So I... I think by the thinnest of margins, you can literally wake me up tomorrow, I might answer differently. I think by the thinnest oh of margins, gosh, I keep the Elise for track and crush the 86, but that is brutal, Lucas, brutal, brutal. Well, continuing for me, he says, this show's Corvette, this show's <laughs> GR86, mm -hmm. or my Cayman GTS. Mm -hmm. And you know that GTS is special to me. I, I know it is. I really like that car, and I really have loved it on track. Yep. So that's the track car. Okay, all right. Gosh. <laughs> but the Corvette is so cool to be able to say, I'm getting in that. I'm just, I'm just going to run an errand. Sure, yeah, yeah. And I get to get into that thing? Yeah. Now, there is a part of it that is the be seen in. Sure. That I've never that. ascribed to, I've never... Yeah bought a car in my life or wanted to drive a car to say, look at me, look at what I'm driving, ha, ha, ha. Neither of us. Yeah. You don't either. It's not our thinking, yeah. But there is a bit of that with the Corvette. Yeah, it has some of that. But yeah. it's also a very special car. It turns into a beast on canyons, mm -hmm. and it's great on the highway. So I, 
am also crushing the GR86. As much as we've talked about how good I'm they are and honestly, how much I are, love yeah. that GR86. I genuinely miss it. I love mm -hmm. it. What an amazing car. And it's well, aspirational, accessible. It's this is going to be crazy, but I'm going to say this. You know what? If it was a track day with questionable weather, 86 and crush the Elise. Because the 86 sure. is so much more forgiving. Sure. You know, because the 86, the 86 is so great to drive at the limit. It's so great. And the Elise is is scary at the limit. You do sure. it wrong and that car really starts to let you know. Well, you can do things wrong up to 9.9 .9 tenths. <laughs> yeah. But the, the last little bit snap. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway, that's amazing. Off the C8 for a minute, Open Mike Knight said, what do we think of the EQE's front trunk not being owner-operable? He said there's a dedicated port that extends from the wheel well to fill the washer fluid. We've seen this already. We had the EQS a while back. We oh, put it with, yeah. the, with the Audi e-tron, and we talked about this, that this is a reality of the Mercedes, but we had it in, what was the one we had it in recently? where all of the HVAC stuff was in the nose. We just had this. It was the... It was the, the Nissan Aria. There it is. There it is. Yeah. So this is something the manufacturers are getting excited about. When they get an electric car, they can put all of the HVAC stuff that normally would be kind of filling some of the footwell of the cabin. They put it where the front engine would go, but then you lose the ability to have a frunk. This is actually not that uncommon in electric cars. The, I, the ID series from Volkswagen does this. The Mercedes EQs do this. The Nissan Aria does this. It's, uh, here's the funny thing. Teslas have proven, and I think excellently, they have proven that an electric car should have a frunk. Mm -hmm. You look at the Lucid Air, it's like a hot tub up there. But the, the, the EV Hummer has one. The Ford Lightning has one. Mustang Mach-E. Mustang Mach-E. Ford fills theirs with shrimp. Yeah, supposedly. Yeah. So anyway, so the point is a lot of people do a really nice frunk up there. And so now we are all conditioned, and I think rightly so, we are conditioned to the fact that it should have a frunk, but there are manufacturers going, oh, look, we can put the HVAC up here and hide it. And you lose the frunk, and now you have to find your storage elsewhere. I, I don't love it. I wish, I wish they all had frunks, but this is not that uncommon. Question from Crispy Water Miata on Instagram, who is questioning car doors. Okay. Why do car doors have two or three detents when they're open? When a door that has a lot of detents, like 10 of them, mm. or maybe ratchets in and out to have an infinite number of positions, wouldn't that be better? More often than not, Crispy Water has to park in a spot with cars on either side, and the first detent in the door opening is too narrow to get out of, but the next one will hit the car next to him. <laughs> of course it will. So he's got to hold the door in between in order to have room to get out, but mm -hmm. not hit the car next mm -hmm. to you. Yeah, for sure absolutely annoying why hasn't door opening technology advanced at all <laughs> i say the door opening people the engineers well it's the okay. supplier that engineers the component needs to meet with architects the door lords the door <laughs> the people who plan the spaces uh -huh. how far apart car parking spaces are how big they are I know there's some of you out there who are architects and city planners and mm -hmm. you've planned out parking lots and the whole purpose is to get more into less. Uh -huh. You want to pack more people into a tighter space, you want to get more out of something. So more cars into this same space means you can park more cars for the mall parking lot or the Let's make whatever. the spaces just a little bit narrower. Why? I, why? <laughs> because, Crispy Water, you are absolutely right. It annoys me. I've had this very thing happen to me, but it's an estimation because yeah. you just can't calculate for all the places you're possibly going to park the car in your ownership lifetime based on how far, what cars 
being parked next to you? Sure. Is yeah. it a giant truck? Is it a little tiny sports car? Or is it no space on? You can open the door all the way and get out. So it's an estimation on, mm -hmm. okay, so the door open, the first detent is just enough to... I wonder, is this you know, a it's usually part? Uh, no, not necessarily. And some of them uh, don't have detents like you're talking about. It's just resistance all the way through yeah, for the point. opening of the for door. Point, yeah. So it should theoretically stop wherever you put wherever it. Wherever you leave it. Yeah, some of them do. You're right. But then point. if the detent kind of pulls <laughs> it one way or the other, you accidentally bonk the, the yeah, car next to you. For and you sure. Go, hope nobody saw that. The number of times I grab a door from my son or my wife where it's mm -hmm. just they moved the wrong way and I see it working its way further out. It's like dive for the door corner. It's not paid attention to enough. And I agree. We need to have a meeting of the minds with this <laughs> supplier, these suppliers that engineer the part, and architects. The people who plan out parking That's lots funny. and parking spaces and airports That's and parking funny. structures. Because then we'll say, okay, this detent. But then on the other hand, you have to plan for the length of the door. Yes, that's the, the other key thing. If you have a, a coupe, like a two plus two coupe mm -hmm. with a long door, that's a very different animal than a little tiny hatchback. Has yes. little squatty doors, but four of them. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're planning for the length of the door and the weight of the door and all that stuff. You, usually it's the, the weight of the door mm. and parked on a, whatever, 10 degree hill, needs to keep the door open sure. <laughs> this month, you know. There were memos. But then you know they, they, were, they yeah. wear out. Of course, it's one of the most used parts. It wears out quickly. And then... Matt Guerra, 82, has an interesting question. He's... He's asking about the Miata MX-5, okay? And he's saying, wait a minute, isn't this almost entirely alone in the market right now as a affordable, lightweight convertible? You're right, it's pretty much by itself. I mean, the closest competitor it could have is the GR86 if made in convertible, but they're not making a convertible of that. So it is mm -hmm. really by itself. I mean, the closest thing to it, if you think about it, is the Boxster, and that's every bit of 20 grand more if you bought like a new, new one versus a new loaded Miata is still 20 grand less than a base Boxster. So there, there's nothing really else out in that world. He said, why did other companies used to do this? See the MR2, see the S2000. He wishes those would, would return. And since he's dreaming, he's, his, his perfect idea is that Alfa Romeo would work with Honda to resurrect the S2000 and then figure out whatever the 4C uh, next gen is that would sell into the Alpha brand. That's cool. So Alpha does the styling, Honda does the engineering. We have an Alpha Honda co-product that sells on both sides. That's his his dream version. He's asking us what our dream version would be. I would like to see. Speaking of partnerships, a company that has done it. I would like to see Toyota partner with Porsche to make a new MR2 that Porsche then sells as a sub. Boxster convertible. Yes. Because Toyota has a history of doing collaborations like this so they can split up the cost. It's called the 550. Sure. Porsche has a history of doing little small things like this and doing them very, very well and being able to make them make some level of financial sense. That is the one I am absolutely dreaming of is Porsche and Toyota make an MR2 550 convertible. I was trying to think, is there any through line between the ethos of the company between Honda and Alpha? Is there any bloodline, through line? There? Yeah, what, what, what is there? Has Alpha F1 cars ever had a Honda engine? I mean, 
<laughs> no, because they're all Ferraris. Yeah, I know. They're all so Ferrari it's, yeah, engines. Try to think of a way that those are connected. Mm. I'm not sure that they are. <laughs> I, I like the, the idea of collaboration. cool idea, though, yeah. And I still think that we're going to see more of them to, to keep sports cars alive. Probably. But that just means sports cars will continue to be alive because people will be open. People at both those companies love cars. Yeah. And they'll be open to doing those partnerships because they love cars. Let's hope so. You, you know what? Here's one I think you should cover, actually, if you're, if, you're, if you're up for it. I don't have an answer for this. And do you see Reb's up question? He's actually asking you about the best way to care for PPF on his car. He heard that whatever you do to, for paint, you should do to PPF. Is it true? Washing, waxing, what does he need to do? Oh, yes. Uh, definitely treat it just like your paint. And all those supplies from Griot's will treat it very nicely because the PPF can actually, if you don't take care of it, and just leave it. It's mm -hmm. just clear film. Sure. If you if you don't take care of that outer layer, it can actually take the gloss, take the shine off, and mm -hmm. that's exactly what you don't want. So yes, treat it just like you would your your paint, and uh, you can use all the same kinds of products. You don't necessarily need to do everything. You don't need to do, uh, you know, unless it's damaged or, or just not quite clear glossy enough. You can use the Griot ceramic care. And, uh, you have a full PPF on your Cayman, right? On the Cayman I do and yeah. I, I just... It looks gorgeous. I treat it just like I I do if I didn't have PPF on yeah. there. I, yeah, I would yeah, you have the, the same, same mindset sure. uh, that I do and it turns out looking spectacular. It does, yeah. But of course it's your car which is well, spectacular. I gotta get busy on the Corvette. I can't yeah, wait I to tackle that. The, thing. the Corvette. We kept walking around it, going, "This, this needs some Griot's love." It there, needs some love. There's just, like, there's like wax in the logo that's crusted yeah, and just that little kind of things stuff. like it's that. Just stuff that, that will clean up great, which just hasn't happened yet. Those front stickers, right? Tore yeah. those off of. That was the best. That was so, the best. Talk about mods. That was the best mod you've ever done. So Here's the crazy thing: we found on the Monroni, that it was a factory installed. Sorry, dealer installed factory option. $245 for those terrible vinyl stripes that you yes. peeled off literally on the side of the road. Guys, you have to understand this. <laughs> it was the worst. We had the conversation at the dealer. Do we take these off right here? And we're like, we can't, we can't, we can't take them off right here. I would have liked so we, to. So we pulled out of the dealer and we went like a couple miles down the road to an exit. <laughs> we pulled off on the exit and, and Paul got out and Paul was almost started before I even got out of the car. I was like, wait, 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 I got to get a camera. <laughs> and he they just peeled off. It was the greatest. We were both quite, quite pleased. Oh quite my gosh. Pleased. They were yeah. poorly applied. Yeah. They, they were mismatched side to side. Somebody just kind of got her done. Didn't yeah. really pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they're terrible. Much better off. Yeah, ripped those that off. That car looks so great. Oh, and I have to say, this isn't a surprise to anyone, but but people have asked. I'm clarifying. Yes, gold wheels are coming. Yeah, I can't wait. Which means I need gold wheels on the Cayman to fully match That's all the way all right. across. So right. <laughs> thank you guys so much for being with us. A little bit shorter tonight, but thank you guys for, for all of your great questions. We will be back for another uh, podcast on Thursday. We're actually going to do a Topic Tuesday on Thursday because we'll be back in the studio, which we're looking forward to. So we'll hear, hear you again. You'll hear us, us then as well. Yeah, really appreciate it. Keep writing to us your questions. TV at gmail.com. Topic Tuesdays, car conclusions, and your car debates. Cheers, everyone.